Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. So I, uh, I got saved uh, in the 90s, gave my life to Jesus. And if you got saved in the 90s, there's this obligatory moment where you have to purge your old music. And so um, we had these things back then called cassette tapes. And uh, Jane and I were going uh, through our cassette tapes. And she'd been walking with Jesus a little longer than me, but um, you know, we're looking through it. And there's some music. You see, back then we had to be afraid of like what the music said forwards and then what it also said when you played it backwards. You know, like, what are and so we kind of went through all that and we're throwing it out. And some of my music, I'll tell you, I mean, I mean, I needed to get rid of it. I mean, there was just stuff that was just purely anti-God there. That was, ugh. And um, so we're going through there and, and Gina, she used to listen to like new wave music and that was kind of her thing, which I think is kind of funny. And uh, she's playing, we're going through her music and she's playing the song. And I was like, oh, Gina, this, this troubles my spirit. And, and she, says, uh, she says, it's Christian. And I was like, well, it's Christian troubling to my spirit still. And, and so what happened to me is um, what happens to many of us, I think, after we come to Jesus. In fact, I would, I would submit to you that maybe it happens to every single Christian at some point in their walk. And I was getting a little bit judgy, you know? And so now it's really normal because when you're trying to come out of something, it's really easy. It's just normal to judge the thing that you're coming out of, right? So like if you're trying, like the, you're trying to be gluten-free, you know, I'm a gluten-free person now. It's so easy to say, oh, all those dirty gluteners, you know, with their expanding stomachs and, uh, yeah. you know, forget them. Or like if you're trying to like simplify your life, it's so easy to be all oh, those materialistic hoarders, you know, why don't they, why don't they live simply like I do, you know, it's just really easy to become judgy. And if you give your life to Jesus and you're coming out of sin and all these things that you used to do, it's so easy to just say, oh, those hedonists, those, you know, those sinners out there as I'm trying to come in to Jesus. And so, you know, we're trying to become like with, more like him. And the thing that we need to watch out for is judgment. We're in this series right now talking about silent killers. And judgment is one of these things that gets into the life of a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and it closes off our hearts. We're not able to connect with other people. It closes off our hope for them. It closes off relationship. So I, I just want to challenge you right now to think about those places. Where am I judging? Where am I closing these things off? That this is really, really tricky in our world right now. Because this world is like the, the values are changing so fast and the, the mindset of our culture is so strange. Right, right now, feelings are the most important thing. They reign supreme, right? People don't say, I think anymore. They say, I feel. It's just like everywhere is feelings. See, and the, the golden rule has been uh, replaced in culture anyway. Now it stands firm. The golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what Jesus said, and, then, and that's what we stand on. But there's a new golden rule, and it's actually from Scripture. But culture's golden rule is simply this, don't judge. And if it's all about feelings, you can't judge, right? Do not judge. But, but listen, if you're going to quote the Bible, now that comes from the Bible, if you're going to quote the Bible, you need to understand what it actually means. And it's even better if you believe in it, if you're going to quote it. But that's, I mean, that's like, that is, if you don't believe in Jesus, that is the favorite passage for people who don't believe in Jesus right now. Don't judge. 
Now, the Bible says uh, exactly that. Now, if you open your Bible, open it up to Romans 2. But I want to talk a little bit about this. And I want to talk about our judgment. But I also want to talk about the world misses, what the world misses here. So Romans 2, verse 1. Paul tells us, you, that's us. We therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. See, God knows. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet you do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? And I love this. Check out this next verse here. Or do you show contempt and see what he's doing? He's bringing us back to where we started and how we came to God. He's reminding us. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, patience, not realizing, I mean, how did we come to God? Why did we repent? Not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance. Did you forget all about that? And see, there's some problems with our judging. And the first is, we are just human. You, a mere human. Because we don't know the full story. I mean, we don't know everything that's going on. We don't know both sides, right? right? And then, Paul says, and you do the same things. These same things that you're calling out in other people. Now listen, if you pick a sin, pick any sin, I can tell you, I most likely have done some sort of version of it. Right? I mean, it's really easy to hate on adultery. Like, oh, adultery is so bad. Until Jesus says, well, but yeah, but looking at someone lustfully is the same thing. Oh. And it's really easy for us to say, well, at least I'm not a murderer. It's horrible murders. Until Jesus says, yeah, but if you have hate in your heart towards someone else, actually you are a murderer. We do the same things. But now, here's the problem with the world's understanding of don't judge. This is the context. This is the whole understanding of God's word, the full counsel that the world does not get. And see, the world says, when it says don't judge, what it believes is to call anything wrong is condemning. That's not true. The world thinks that if you're going to say something is sinful, that's hateful. It's not true. In fact, they would say that if you're going to say something is sinful, then you're just being way too hypocritical. But I want you to understand that none of those actions are judging. They're discerning. It's a different thing. Scripture makes a a distinction between those two things. In fact, you are commanded by the Word of God multiple times to call wrong wrong. To say a sin is a sin. You are called to resist evil. Now, how on earth are you going to resist evil if you're not able to recognize it? If you're not able to say, wait, that's wrong, that's evil, that's sin. We're called to point out sin. We're commanded to do so. The Bible says five times, very clearly, the Bible says, do not judge. In fact, Jesus says that twice. But it says, Twice as many times, 10 times, it says very, very clearly, discern between right and wrong. So here's, that's the part that the world misses. In fact, Jesus says in John 7, 24, he says, stop judging by appearances and judge correctly. Think it through here. The world's rule, this is the world's golden rule now is don't judge, don't judge. But the Bible, that's not what it says. The Bible says this. This is the Bible's rule concerning that. Don't judge, discern instead. Don't judge, but you have to discern. Let me show you. So Paul, the same one who wrote this passage in Romans that we read, wrote this in Ephesians. So if you go to Ephesians 
chapter 5, verse 6. Paul tells us this, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes to those who are disobedient. So you've got to be able to recognize a lie. You've got to see when it's not true. Therefore, do not be partners with him. Don't, don't join in on that. That's not judging, it's just wisdom. Now, I love this. For you were once darkness. It doesn't say you once had some darkness. It didn't say that you struggle with it. It says you were once. It shows the extent of our brokenness. Here's a beautiful passage right after that, or, or truth right after that. But now, since you are in Christ, now you, not that you have some light, not that there's some light in you, but now, since you are in him, you are light. Isn't that cool? You are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay, that's what we're looking for. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now, the ESV and what it says, and find out, it translates as discern. That big Bible that we want to give all the seniors that you can come in and trade your slimline Bible in for. It says discern. Now, here's a big distinction between judgment and discernment. And it's the first point in your notes. You can put this down if you want. And that is that judgment decides truth beforehand. And discernment is the process of discovering truth. Now, these words that we find in the Bible, judge and discern, they come from the same Greek root word, which is krino. And krino, if you see, if you see the word judge, it's, the Greek actually is krino. And it means to judge, it means to separate, it means to decide. Okay, but if you see the word discern, often it is anakrino. So the same root, but ana means to investigate, to discover. So to discern is to investigate, to look, to learn, so that you can krino, so that you can judge and separate and decide. Because see, the problem with us, since we are mere humans, we often don't have the whole story. We need to learn more. Have you ever, you've been talking to a person and they say, oh yeah, this, and you're like, oh man, that's that person, that's horrible. And, and then you hear from the other person and you're like, oh, they're both crazy. <laughs> ah, now I get it, right? <laughs> Does this happen where you, you just, you need the rest of the story? This happened um, to me actually uh, a number of months ago. So our campus pastor, uh, Brian, in Delta. Um, you know, we were in the middle of uh, uh, Montrose. We were changing our mascot. You know, I think that's finally done. And um, we're, we're in the middle of it. And everyone's wondering, like, okay, what's our new mascot going to be? And he sent me this article. And did you see this one? That we're going to be the prairie dogs. And he was calling, he was laughing. He's like, we're going to kill you guys. You're going to be the prairie dogs. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a, that's crazy. I sent that to my daughters who graduated from the high school. I'm like, you're not Indians anymore. You're prairie dogs. And so like, I, I'm like, I am so like, I can't even believe this. And then I'm like, wait a second. And I slow down a little bit and I'm, I say, okay, I better read the article. And the first thing I noticed is it's written, do you see that? It's written by Ollie Tabooger. <laughs> Ollie Tabooger. Ollie Tabooger. I don't think the press has a staff writer named Ali the Booger. I was like, huh, something's going on here. And went under it, and this actually, it's an old prank from years ago uh, that the press did on, um, on April Fool's uh, one day. But, so listen, and I got to tell you, I, I have like, I have a dog in this fight. I, I have personal pain in, around these mascots. Because I went to Denver Lutheran, and you know what our mascot was? We were the Denver Lutheran Lights. 
Nobody who plays football came up with that idea. I mean, what do you do with lights? You turn them off, you smash them. People are afraid of the dark. They are not afraid of the lights. And I'm like, oh no, our kids are going to be prairie dogs. Oh my gosh. This is going to be horrible. And so this is like a, this is a classic. I mean, it was exactly how judgment works. Because we have people in this church who are on that committee. And I saw that and I'm like, they have lost their minds. They are insane. What? Well, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I, I'm, I don't hate them, but I'm very angry at them. And I'm mad. And, and the thing is, is they weren't even involved. It wasn't even true. I didn't have the rest of the story. See, that's what judgment does. It gives the final verdict before you have the complete picture. And since we are mere humans, the complete picture is often slow in coming. Sometimes we never have the complete picture. Sometimes we never really know what's going on. Now, Isaiah 5.20 makes it really, really clear. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Okay, we're, we're, it's clear that, that we have to understand that we have to be honest with evil. We have to be honest with sin. We have to be honest with unrighteousness because how on earth can you possibly avoid it if you're not honest with it? And to, de- to pretend and declare, oh, that everything is just fine when it isn't. Listen, that is just as destructive as judging without knowing. I mean, both of those are an error. Okay, so when you let go of our judgment, we need to hold on to our discernment because judgment gives a final verdict where discernment finds the right response. See, discernment's all about, now what do I do? Because only God really does know the sum of a person's thoughts. Only God really does know a person's heart. Only God knows what a person came out of. And you know, we're really like, oh, they're doing horrible. God might say, oh, you should just see where they've come from. How far they've come, how proud of them I am, and how he cheers us on. But judgment brings a finality to them. The wrongness, boom. While the sermon, you know what it does? It builds bridges. How can I cross over? How can I find? How can I connect here? See, discernment understands that behind all of the sin, behind their behavior, is usually brokenness. Often a lack of understanding. Sometimes just desperate need, and that's where it comes. And discernment's heart breaks for it. And once you lose your hope, once you lose your compassion for the sinner, be careful. If you've lost your hope for them and your compassion for them, you are likely in judgment territory. Jesus makes it clear. See, judgment puts them away and discernment works to bring them back. Judgment says they're gonna burn and you're a little bit happy about it. You're kind of pleased that they're gonna burn. Now, discernment can say they're gonna burn. Their marriage is gonna burn. Their family is gonna burn. Their eternity is gonna burn. Oh God, what can I do? Oh God, how can I help? They're on a bad path right now. God, they're going to burn. How do I engage? See, judgment, it brings the hammer down and discernment brings the hand down. How can I help? How can I pull them up? And be careful, you know, the, the, the language of judgment, it's so final. It says things like this. They're hopeless. Wait a second. Who's beyond hope? Is anyone hopeless? Come on. Judgment says things like this. You're selfish, you're cruel, you're childish, you're ridiculous. But here's the thing. I have been every single one of those things. Judgment says you deserve it. 
Or how about this? They deserve each other. You ever said that? Right? Wait a second. What do you deserve? What do I deserve? You know what I deserve? I deserve eternal separation from God. But Jesus came and made a way that I didn't have to go through that. Here's the one that I can't stand. This one makes me so mad when I hear it. If they were a real Christian, wait a second. What what does a real Christian do? Let me tell you what a real Christian is. A real Christian is a person who is bound by sin and comes to Christ. That's a real Christian. If they were a real Christian, they would look to Jesus. That's it, right? See, another problem here is that judgment, it categorizes a person while discernment evaluates a person's behavior. And you look at this world right now and there are all sorts of unacceptable things that are going on. I mean, there are things that are wrong. They're evil and they're confusing and they're wreaking havoc on our culture and our world. See, but, but to our culture, don't judge. It means accept it. Accept everything. Be good with all that's going on. And, and discernment says, no, no, reject the lies. Resist the evil. Resist the evil one. And reach out to the people who are caught in it. You don't put them off. You reach out. And things are backwards and things are messed up, but no one is put permanently away to judgment until the final day when they face the judgment. Till then, there's hope. Now, Christian, relax. Relax. I know you're frustrated. I know you're concerned. I know you're worried. Relax. Listen, everything, every wrong will be made right. You have that promise. Every wrong will be made right. And you don't have to hope and sit there and say, well, one day you'll get yours, right? Because here's the truth. If they aren't in Jesus, it is guaranteed that one day they will get theirs. Right? And here's the thing. is Jesus took mine. See, if they come to Jesus, he'll take theirs. And that's the great hope. And the prayer should be, oh, God, would you please turn? Would you turn their hearts? Oh, God, would you please go after them? Oh, God, would you please come and intervene before it's too late and they get theirs? Thank you, God, that you took mine. Oh, Lord, would you please take theirs as well? Now, I want to show you a passage that um, we use to talk about conflict, and it fits uh, this is actually uh, when we talk about difficulties on our staff and at our church. This is our foundation. And so if, if you come and talk to me about a problem you have with someone else, I'm going to point you to this passage and I'm going to say, did you talk to them? Okay? And so that's what this is about. But I want to show you another aspect of this passage. It's Matthew 18, verse 15. And it says this, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, the reason that I wanted to come to this passage, which we usually don't use with judgment, is I just wanted to show, did you see how far Jesus would have us go to build a bridge? Did you see what pains he would want us to take to restore a relationship? Did you see how hard he would have us work to see a relationship or a person healed? 
This passage assumes that someone will sin against you. Someone's going to do you wrong. There's no doubt about it. And it's not wrong for you to call their sin a sin. And it's not wrong for you to confront it and deal with it and act accordingly. But what's wrong is to decide, okay, I'm going to put them away. I'm never going to reach. I'm never going to heal. And I'm never going to work towards restoration through it. What's wrong is to say, I don't see the value of that person in the midst of their sin and the hurt and the things that they've done with me. Now, the Bible tells us as far as possible, live at peace with everyone. And there can come a day where you realize like, I can't. I mean, I've done everything I can. As far as possible, I just, peace isn't gonna be found. They're not gonna have it. There can be a day where you would say, you know what, this person isn't safe. And I have to have a boundary here. That's not what this is saying. You don't have to go out there and get yourself destroyed again over and over again, right? And so like, you know, it doesn't mean like, well, you've got to, uh, if you're divorced, you have to go marry your ex again. No, it's okay to have boundaries here. See, sometimes there's a day to say that, but it's to allow for hope again. And it takes discernment to say, okay, can I open my heart? Because the next point in your, in, your, in your notes here, see, judgment closes doors and discernment opens doors. Judgment just slams these doors. Because once you've made your decision about someone, once you've put them off to judgment, what hope is left for them? How can you ever receive? How can you hear? How can you open your heart? All right, so I am a old, white, evangelical male. Okay, that just in itself right? I mean, that's all it takes, right? And, and, and you know what? Uh, the truth is, is it tells every people all they know. Now, and some of the things that people think are right, but that kind of bums me out because I think there are some things to me that maybe the judgments don't fit. I hope there's a little more to me than what people say. And, and now before we think of ourselves too highly on this, let's think about what we do. We do the same thing. If I tell you they're a hippie right away, do we have any hippies in here? We've had them in our last service. Today, there's one. We love our hippies. We love you, hippies. But just saying that word, right? Okay, how about this? How about if I say this? She's a Karen. Boom. Right? He's a Trumper. They're a snowflake. You hear the doors just closing, closing, closing with each label that we put on someone else? Each label is a judgment. Do you understand that? Label is a judgment. And it closes our ability to receive. And we make this label, we make this judgment. And it's done. I don't listen to hippies. That's not true. Hippies, I love you. We all love each other. Hippies, that's what we do. We got to open our hearts to be able to receive to them again. And that, that's why, listen, Grace, and I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you this again. Can we, if Grace, if this is your church, can we just agree that we will not talk about any other ministry, any other pastor in town except to build them up? Can we just agree that we're not going to tear anyone else down? Yeah, praise God. Because here's the thing. If I say to you, well, that pastor is blah, 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 blah. What if God had something he actually wanted you to receive from that pastor? I just robbed you. 
And maybe that pastor is blah, blah, blah. But he's probably something else besides that. And maybe there was some good that God wanted to do in the midst of it. And I closed you down so you couldn't do it. You know, I say, well, that ministry is blah, blah, blah. But maybe you were the very one who was supposed to go in there and fix the blah, blah, blah. Now your heart's shut down. There are a lot of people here that I absolutely love, but I was told before they came here, hey, that guy, that lady is blah, blah, blah. And I'm so glad I didn't believe the blah, blah, blah. Because I like you. And I'm glad I got to know you. What I would have missed if I would have closed down the door because of that judgment. And sure, the blah, blah, blahs, maybe they're true, but listen, there's always more. And you know what? Even in the midst of it, even if the blah, blah, blah is true, why can't we engage it anyway? I mean, unless it's not safe, right? But why can't we go in there and love them to life and find the value and the good and what God wants to do in the midst of it? See, because discernment says, okay, I'll watch, I'll observe, I'll learn, I'll go slow, I'll be wise, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out the good that God's going to do in the midst of this. See, judgment uses labels and judgment uses words like those people. Be careful. Now, when the world says don't judge, they often mean, what they really mean is don't discern. Right? That's not biblical. They don't understand what the passage means. They don't understand what the full counsel of, of, of Scripture means. They, they think that don't judge means don't use your spiritual eyes. Don't determine if it's wrong or right. I mean, the, the, the mantra is, well, who is to say if it's wrong or right? I'll tell you who. You are. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you are the one to say that's wrong and that's right. And to live accordingly and to resist evil and to say no to sin. We are in a time right now that we are desperate for discernment. And I want to remind you, follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, listen, you need to, and I'll say this again and again and again, you need to be in this book every single day. Just a little time, every single day, so that you can discern. This helps us understand what's right and what's wrong, what's evil and what's good. And I just spend a little time in there every day just so that when it comes, I already know. So I can see it. We are in a time where our culture and our people, and especially the followers of Jesus, listen, we are desperate for discernment because there's a lot of confusing things going on out there. And we need to be able to say, no, that's sin. We need to be able to say, no, that's evil. We need to say that is anti-Christ. It is not of Christ. More than ever, we need to be able to recognize anti-Christ. But I am ready to throw out my judgment and hold tightly to my discernment. Those of you who are graduating came up and got your Bibles. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, bad company corrupts good character. I want you to remember that as you go forward. There's all sorts of opportunities. There's options for you guys. Listen, bad company corrupts good character. That's not judgment. That's wisdom. That's discernment. To say, you know what, I can go with that crowd, but if I do, I'll go along with that crowd. And it's not judging, it's just to realize I'm weak, I'm not perfect, I'm not invincible, and I will be influenced by those I hang around with. I don't care how old or how young you are. That's wisdom born from discernment. Judgment is to believe, oh, I'm better than those people. Oh, those people are horrible. All oh, those people have no hope. But discernment says, those people are probably bad for me. That situation's no good. I, I've just got weaknesses, I can't go into it. There, there are movies and TikToks and clips that are evil. They're wrong. 
They corrupt you. That's discernment. That's not judgment. And that discernment, as I say, no, I'm not going to engage in that, protects me. And it protects my family from me tearing down my own home. We need to exercise discernment. Judgment is to say, oh, well, because you watch that, you're bad. I just know I can't watch it. We need discernment. We need to resist evil. We need to choose life. And we need to lay down judgment of those who don't. Are you surprised that non-Christians are acting like non-Christians? Of course. Judgment just closes us off. Judgment closes people off. Discernment closes sin off. So I just want to end with a little challenge for you right now. And I want to ask you, is there a group or a type of people that you've written off to judgment? Maybe the other political party, maybe people who are in this area of the country, maybe people who are like this. Have you just written them off? Have you just said, "Mm, it's closed? Maybe, maybe it's time to just have a little hope for them again. Maybe just to open up your heart a little bit. Or how about this? Maybe there's a person that you've decided, I'm done. They're done. It's over. Now again, listen, you need to have your boundaries. You need to be safe. You need to be wise. It doesn't necessarily mean that you even have to engage relationship with them again. That may not be a good thing. But maybe it's time to open your heart up just a little bit, just enough so you can pray for them again. Just enough that you can hope for them again. Just instead of they'll get theirs. Lord, oh God, would you please just, would you please intervene before they get theirs? And maybe there's some of us, and listen, discernment will show you. See, that's the exciting part. The Holy Spirit will show you. Maybe there's some of us here that it's not just prayer, but it's actually time to pick up the phone. Maybe there's some of us here that's actually time to move toward that person again and let down our judgment. To hope again that maybe things could be different by the power of Jesus. See, I'm pretty sure I was hopeless. I was hopeless. And I'm so glad that God didn't judge me and write me off to it. And that person that that God maybe brought to your mind, I'm so glad that God hasn't written them off either. That God still has room for them and God still has hope for them. And I just want to ask, maybe it's time for you to have it too. So Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for your kindness. As your scriptures say, thank you for your tolerance. Thank you for your grace for us, Lord. Lord, when really we should have been written off, where we're really, Lord, we deserved death. You brought life. Where we deserve punishment, you brought grace and kindness. And so, Lord, I ask you to just open up our hearts and that you would reveal our judgments to us, Lord. And God, that we would just let them off the hook and that, that we would release them to you and hope again for them. And Lord, I pray for our people right now. I pray for this church. God, we need discernment. Holy Spirit, would you please just release discernment in this church? Lord, we need to be able to see wrong and we need to be able to see right. We need to understand good and evil. Lord, give us eyes to see Antichrist, Lord. And as that spirit comes, as that attitude comes, Lord, I, I pray as the people come, I pray, Lord, that we would see it for what it is and we would walk in truth, we would walk in life. So thank you, Lord, for the gift of discernment. Forgive us, Lord, for our judgment. In Jesus' name, amen. 
thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.